0: And hopefully last double feature.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, at least as far as recording.
1: Yeah. Uh, and maybe watching, I don't know, because I may not um, remember which movie is what at this point.
0: <laughs> oh, it's fine. I We may play a quick game before we start of which movie did it happen in. Uh, so tonight we are actually uh if we sound a little different instead of sitting at a table we are actually reclining uh in front of our coffee table as we record this i'm recording in true bond fashion with a glass of wine in one hand and my script in the other uh (laughs) ready to go very orson wells of me
2: yeah
0: um so tonight we are going to be talking about uh the 1979 film Moonraker, and the 1981 film For Your Eyes Only. And off the cuff, we're going to play a quick game of which movie did it happen in. Okay. Uh, And let's see if Betsy remembers any of uh, the two films we just watched before we get into it. All right. So, uh, first question. Uh, the Bond girl uh, was a doctor and astronaut in
1: Moonraker in
0: Moonraker okay her name was oh first name was Melina or Holly Melina Or Holly.
1: I'm going to say Holly.
0: Holly. Holly Goodhead. That is correct. Because the writers are brilliant. (laughs) No, they're not. All right. (laughs) All right. The villain in For Your Eyes Only was Drax or Columbo. Drax. Drax. That is correct. Hugo Drax was the villain in Moonraker. All right. All right. So, final point. Bonds receives his orders in, for your eyes only, from which of the following? M, Freddie Gray, or Q? and for your eyes only. M, Freddie Gray, or Q, and for your eyes only. Freddie Gray? That is correct.
1: Woo. Freddie
0: Gray, minister uh, from such films as The Spy Who Loved Me, and I believe even Moonraker. Yeah. So good job. You win the prize <laughs> of, there is no prize. You can You can get some leftovers out of the fridge. Anyhow. Lasagna. There you go. Uh, we're going to dive right into Moonraker. We'll have a short break, and then we'll be right back with For Your Eyes Only. We'll have some breaks in between because we're only able to record 30 minutes at a time because that's how Anchor works. They're really cool, but you can only do 30 minutes at a time. Yeah. So, let's get right down to it. So, as we should start a movie that takes place in 1979, we start with... The first official shot of the space shuttle on the back of a 747 uh, we come to find out that there are hideable compartments inside the space shuttle where two guys are hiding and then launch the shuttle from the back of a plane destroying a 747 and i immediately say that's not accurate that's not how shuttles work <laughs> uh, at this point m gets on the phone and uh is told that 007 is on his last leg we zoom over to the plane that bond is on feeling up a waitress's leg yeah uh she pulls a gun on him uh there's a big fight and they fall out of the plane and then there's a skydive fight which is really cool because it it is actually skydivers doing a fight scene and it's really cool until jaws joins the fight and every time you see jaws uh and it's not rear projection It is a guy who is all of five foot seven uh, playing this seven foot two man, and his height changes dramatically throughout the scene. Anyhow, uh, Bond ends up getting a parachute while Jaws flaps his wings like a bird before falling through a circus tent. And then we get into Moonraker, which you've heard uh, the title song for. And it is just slow and lethargic and you're like, man, whatever happened to uh, Live and Let Die and Goldfinger? <laughs> and don't worry, if you thought this one was slow, wait till you hear the song for the next one. <laughs> Anyhow, we get to the movie proper and we meet Q, M and Freddie Gray.
1: Freddie Gray.
0: Uh, and we find out that It is a mystery what exactly happened. They don't believe that the wreckage of the Moonraker shuttle was in the wreckage of the plane left behind. And so Bond is dispatched to Los Angeles, California uh, to investigate what went wrong. Uh, Before he goes, he is given the standard issue wrist start gun, which will never be seen again in any James Bond movie after this (laughs) one. Standard issue. That means everyone gets one. No one else gets one.
1: Yeah, but it's only in this movie.
0: That's not standard issue. (laughs) He could have said, Bond, we got something cool we want you to try out in the field. No. Standard issue. (laughs) We're going to see more standard issue stuff later in this movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, and by the way, standard issue comes with armor piercing and cyanide. There's (laughs) no middle ground. No sleep darts. Why not just use a gun? Standard issue. I digress. Anyhow, we go over and uh, James Bond is piloted in from LAX to Hugo Drax's estate. Hugo Drax is going to be our villain in this film, guys. And he's a fun one. Uh, He looks a lot like a uh, taller Peter Dinklage. If you don't know who that is, Google Peter Dinklage.
1: That's who he was reminding me of. Uh I was trying to figure it out.
0: Uh, And the role of Drax's estate is played by two castles in Marne, France. Uh, The interior is one. The exterior is another. Why they didn't just use one? It's a Bond movie. They wanted to spend more money. (laughs) Uh, Hugo Drax is a fun note played by Michael Lonsdale. Uh, And the Hugo Drax character is basically Elon Musk. If Elon Musk was at the height of his powers in the 1970s. Is Elon Musk a Bond villain? I'm pretty certain. Uh, anyhow uh, Hugo Drax is just a pretentious snob and uh, supervillain uh, who dresses even his pilot in the skimpiest of outfits yeah. uh, and then we see that all the people he's surrounding himself with look like underwear models uh, and oddly enough don't seem to be wearing underwear uh, <laughs> Bond then uh speaks to his henchman that I didn't get his name but we will call him bowl Cut because man that is a haircut Yeah, that was, was a extra choice
1: extra large bowl
0: he did not even go for the most recent John Lennon haircut he uh, went for the original John uh, Lennon haircut and uh, man it's a choice but anyhow he gives him the order of look after Mr. Bond see that some harm comes to him and I'm like you know what Drax I thought you were sexist before and I still think that but I like your taste. Anyhow, (laughs) uh, we are then introduced to our, uh, geniusly named Dr. Holly Goodhead. She's a trained astronaut. Trust us. She, she told us, uh, Bond is put inside the Gravitron. That's the thing that spins astronauts right round, baby, right round. And, uh, and, uh, so, uh, Bond's putting that and she's talking about how, Oh, most people can get to seven, uh, if you go up to 20, you'll die, and he he waits until he gets past that to, to hit the panic button because he's all man, and he wants to tell everybody. Um, but the button doesn't work because Bolt Cut uh, is cranking the thing up and disabled the tail yep. switch. Uh, Bond breaks it with his wrist art, and I'm like, man, that's a really expensive machine to break. Uh, you could have just bought and a how new- fast
1: was it going when he broke it?
0: I want to say it was like 13 on the scale of one to 20. All right. So uh, Bond leaves. He sleeps with uh, Kareem, Drax's pilot. uh, After using her for info, Uh, he then uh, goes to Drax's safe. Uh, Kareem has no problem helping Bond, even after she knows she's being used for info. Uh, And he uses a camera that has 007 on it because he wants to stay undercover. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the next day Bond is leaving and Drax is pheasant hunting with his uh, various henchmen. One of the henchmen gets up in a tree uh, to get into sniper position and uh, Drax says, come on man uh, don't be a joke, shoot, shoot a pheasant yeah. and so they rus- rustle some pheasants up and Bond shoots, doesn't hit a pheasant and Drax goes you miss, Mr. Bond and then the sniper falls out of the tree dead and he goes <laughs> did I <laughs> we're like yeah that was a cool cool moment it's a shame that he accidentally shot that henchman <laughs> he didn't do it on purpose he's not that good uh, Bond leaves and then uh, Drax just being a horrible person fires Corrine and then sticks his dogs on her to kill her did he have to fire her first Like her family could have gotten some sort of like extra payout of life insurance, but because she was terminated, not going to happen now. (laughs) He knew what he was doing. Drax, you're on my bad side now, but you'll get back there. Um, Bond arrives in Venice and man, it is good to be back in Europe because California was kind of a drag between the dog attacks and the uh, pilots with no underwear. Uh, (laughs) and bond decides that he is going to visit a glass factory because apparently one of the things he saw in the plans was a glass factory Why they're operating out of a glass factory and not something else. I don't know. Uh, but bond spots, uh, Dr. Goodhead, uh, because she's a doctor. Darn it. Don't forget it. Uh, and bond decides to take a gondola ride for one, uh, because he's lonely and he got his (laughs) last girlfriend killed. Uh, and as he's going down the river there's another casket uh, another gondola with a casket in it and a man rises up out of it like a zombie and begins throwing knives. Bond kills that guy with a knife of his own and a boat chase begins and then it turns into a hovercraft chase and at this point we get one of the most ridiculous scenes in James Bond history which is the pigeon double take (laughs) They literally take footage of a pigeon looking from left to right and then they rewind it and play it back again. Yeah. That's how ridiculous it is. I would
1: say that whole scene, like with the gondola, once the gondola driver or whatever you call him, captain, Uh is thrown off the gondola, James also pushed buttons to have control of an electric, like the steering wheel. Oh, he wasn't just
0: going to get in a regular gondola. He was going (laughs) to get. He was going to get the LT version. The one that's got the the sweet rims and it's got a juice bar. And And uh, the one
1: that turns into a hovercraft.
0: And it turns into a hovercraft. Also, XM Satellite Radio. Uh, It's at this point that I saw the shot from the film that is going to be my Instagram post for this particular episode. Uh, And at this point, Bond sneaks into the lab and what is the ketone for this lab? Um, the,
1: uh, oh, what is that? Oh, 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 I know it. I can't think of the name of it. It's an, another alien movie.
0: Yes, another, because there are aliens in this movie.
1: Well, it's an alien movie. What is the, uh, oh, oh, oh.
0: Came out the same year as Spy Who Loved Me and yeah. Star Wars.
1: Oh. I know. Steven
0: Spielberg. Richard Dreyfus.
1: I know what movie it is. I can't think of the name.
0: Close Encounters of yes. the Third Kind. If you don't know what something is, do you know what something is?
1: I could have the is name. The,
0: that is the philosophical question. Yes. Listeners, if you know the answer to if you don't know what something is, do you know what something is? <laughs> Please post on Betsy's page, no Betsy, you don't know.
1: I knew, I knew what movie it was, I could not remember. Everyone, get
0: your friends and loved ones to post there as well. It doesn't matter that they didn't listen to the episode. Just as many people as you can find. It's a chain letter. Get them to post on her page. No Betsy, it doesn't.
1: Whatever. Love you. I love you too.
0: She really does. She doesn't sound like it, but she does. (laughs) Anyhow, Bond gets into the lab and they're mixing chemicals in a machine because science. Uh, at this point, uh, Bond is fiddling around while the scientists are going to take a pee break. When they come back, uh, Bond has precariously left a vial on the edge of a thing because he's Bond and safety isn't a thing he does. But the vial breaks and kills scientists horribly. Um, and at this point, uh, Bond is like, man, this vial, I better be careful with it, uh, and leaves and decides to get into a fight with Bull Cut, who's in kendo armor, um, and in the they glass museum. in the glass museum, and they break most every piece of glass, not every piece. How but much was most that one worth that they
1: said at the beginning, like four hundred thousand or something like that?
0: In nineteen seventy nine dollars.
1: In nineteen seventy
0: nine dollars. Uh, but as they're fighting, he notices boxes marked Rio de Janeiro, and hint, hint, that's where we're going next. <laughs> but bowl cut is thrown through a top window into a grand piano below uh, during an opera singing and I felt like it was a missed opportunity. There should have been a fat woman singing yeah. and it should have broken glass. <laughs> I digress. I'm not as clever as the people who named Dr. Holly Goodhead. <laughs> Moving on. Good night and Goodhead. Uh, we come to find out that uh, Dr. Goodhead isn't who she portrays herself to be. She is a doctor. She is an astronaut, but she is also a CIA agent because she has standard issue equipment.
1: From the CIA. Standard
0: issue! She's yeah. got perfume flamethrowers. She's got a dart gun in a notebook.
1: Uh-huh. And her purse was like
0: a weapon. Uh, I'm sure it would eat someone's hand. Do you <laughs> know what she didn't have? a gun or a radio the two (laughs) items that I know are CIA standard issue
1: standard issue the cat's ears are going back
0: I I know (laughs) I don't think the writers know what the word standard means yeah standard issue anyway the next day, Bond takes M and Freddie Gray uh, over to Drax's, uh, and uh, the lab has been cleared away. And Michael Lonsdale, Drax, is inside just preening, uh, just just to just to be a jerk. He's just <laughs> standing there. He's like, "Oh, I don't know what you're talking about." That's not what he sounds like, because I've had two glasses of wine and I can't do impressions right now. But he is pretentious, so. He also has kind of a a sleepy dog look and sound to him. And I can't really do that right now. Um, But as they're leaving and Freddie Gray just sounds like a very disappointed British man. Uh, Bond shows M the vial to prove his story. He's told by M that he is going to need to take a break, go on vacation. Uh, Bond winks and says, maybe I'll take a vacation to Rio. And M Mm -hmm. goes, ah, very good 007. (laughs) wink wink I see what you're doing there yeah and uh it's at this point that we decide to jump continents and it's also at this point that we are going to take a short break and when we come back I will probably not get mad about standard issue but no promises All right, and we get off the plane at the same time as Bond, and we are in Rio. Uh, at this point, uh, we find that uh, uh, old Drax has uh, decided to replace the irreplaceable Bull Cut <laughs> with Jaws from the last movie. And if you're thinking you're going to get the same sinister, you know, remorseless serial killer from the last film, well, just keep watching. You might be surprised. Uh, Are we a clickbait
1: article now? I don't know. Maybe.
0: You might be surprised. You
1: might be surprised.
0: You won't believe what happened at this wedding. (laughs) When she saw what the groom was wearing, she stormed off. (laughs) When his parents found out what he was doing (laughs) in the bathroom, you wouldn't believe what happened. Ah. our podcast is a clickbait article anyhow uh Bond goes to Rio he is met by a uh, a South American agent he sleeps with her because that's what he does Uh, he goes to a parade and we get the most sinister looking clown which is obviously Jaws Jaws takes off the clown head goes to uh, bite the girl and uh doesn't and moves very slowly in the process uh Bond saves the girl. Jaws is swept away in the crowd because crowds. That's Jaws' just kryptonite. It's crowds. (laughs) Crowds of people. Uh, Anyway, at this point, that other agent, now that Bond has slept with her and saved her, she disappears. Uh, Goodhead and Bond meet again. Uh, They get on a cable car up to the top of Rio. Uh... Up the top, they take a cable car back down. Jaw stops it and bites through the cable, which in real life was made of licorice. Uh why does he bite through the cable? I don't know, because in a minute they use it.
1: Yeah, I was trying to figure that out. I'm like, it didn't uh, really do anything.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh scriptwriter and the shooting's uh, supervisor like got into an argument at this point. Good. Anyhow, uh he jumps onto a sister car and heads up uh, to meet with Bond. Bond, a good head escape, while Jaws has a Looney Tunes, Tunes moment and crashes into the cable car office. <laughs> At this point, uh, Jaws meets his new girlfriend. We're going to call her Specs. Uh, she should have been called braces because she should have had braces
1: she should have but she didn't that would just i, I expect that when she smiled at him yeah i expected there to be like a mouthful of braces and there was not
0: and they played the romeo and Juliet love theme from classical music <laughs> anyhow uh at this point uh bond and Goodhead are trapped by ambulance drivers who aren't really ambulance drivers or maybe they're just corrupt uh but bond escapes And instead of being in any sort of hurry, he kind of just gingerly walks up the hill after escaping out of the uh, ambulance. At this point, for no reason at all, he dresses up as a cowboy, rides a horse, and uh, the Magnificent soundtrack plays. Uh, At this point, uh, he goes to a monastery in cowboy outfit. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like...
1: this was, It was way out of place.
0: So much cocaine was in the writer's <laughs> room at this point that nothing was lining up. Anyhow, Bond goes into the monastery and is buzzed in. Uh, he sees monks fighting uh, because... And then after one monk beats the other monk, he crosses himself
2: <laughs>
0: in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... And I would watch that professional wrestler. Uh, yeah. But inside, Moneypenny, Q, and M are all just right there. Right in the middle of Rio. Yeah. They've relocated their entire million dollar operation to the middle of South America.
1: Again. Again. again.
0: Uh, we get to see the Moonraker laser that Q has for no apparent reason uh we find out that the poison uh inside the lab is designed to kill humans but not animals or plants and at this point we find out that the poison is caused by a rare plant in, in the amazon and the next scene is bond on the amazon river yep. uh he is now in our second boat chase of the film <laughs> just because uh and during this fun little note uh the music playing is music from the from russia with love boat chase hmm. Uh, otherwise there's really nothing to talk about in this uh, boat chase except for the fact that Bond hand glides over the falls as Jaws has yet another Looney Tunes moment where he pulls the steering wheel off the boat and drives (laughs) over the falls yeah and I just this man was relentless in the last movie he was (laughs) dangerous he was a killer and, and this he is just
1: He's tried to kill people, is, but has been unsuccessful each time. He's
0: that dog that bit somebody once, but he's he's just messed up in the head, yeah. and you just feel bad for him. He's cross-eyed. Yeah. He's only got two legs, and they're the back <laughs> legs. And somebody put him on a skateboard, and he keeps trying to bite people, but he can never reach them.
1: Yeah, that's about right.
0: And you just feel bad for him, and somebody just needs to take him out back and put him out of their misery. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Bond, uh, once he gets, uh, to his landing spot, follows women, um, and is just lured around by his penis because in the middle of the Amazon, just white woman that he saw earlier at Drax's place, just walking around saying, come hither, you know, you're in for trouble.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, he stands just on the right rock to fall into the water where he fights a giant Python. Uh, Bond kills it with uh, Dr. Goodhead's pen that he stole earlier. Uh, And at this point, Drax gets really angry, but also like, Hey, now I get to monologue because that's what Bond villains do. (laughs) And he tells everyone the plan that we've all figured out before now is that he intends to exterminate mankind, and recreate it in his image at this point we do get a really cool scene uh that scientifically makes no sense where simultaneously moonraker rockets are launching all around the globe uh fun fact that's not how rocket launches work (laughs) literally if today they have to stall a rocket launch guess when they get to do it again in a week A week, because you have a small window at which you can leave the Earth, and you're not going to hit anything. You're not. You're going to have the ideal ability to go into orbit. Anything like that. It's kind of standard issue.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Standard issue.
1: <laughs>
0: Guys, I brought it back. Anyhow, uh, Bond and Goodhead uh, are put in danger, in a conference room under the rocket, uh, with a really cool sinking uh, table. Uh, And then they escape through the vents, uh, in the exact path where the rocket exhaust would go...
1: Yeah, there's fire chasing them.
0: Uh, But good for them, they're able to get on just the last Moonraker rocket.
1: That doesn't have a pilot.
0: Uh, Yeah. Uh, Well, they knocked out the
1: pilot. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Trying to remember how that happened.
0: Okay, come on now. This somebody wrote this. Okay. All right. I want you to think about that. <laughs> somebody wrote this. I digress. They get they get on board the space station where Drax monologues while Bond and Goodhead disable the cloaking device, um, and the Marines are able to just launch a rocket. Just yeah. they're ready to go, and not just any rocket but it is a clown car of a rocket you're yeah, gonna find out there's in a like minute
1: 50 people on yeah. it.
0: uh in the meantime jaws has a change of heart because he finds out that uh imperfections won't be tolerated in the new world and i'm confused is it him or his girlfriend that won't be tolerated or both because his girlfriend was straight up a model yeah so,
1: I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna so was him.
0: so was it him Or was it because she had
1: glasses? Maybe because she had glasses and she kind of acted a little dorky.
0: i got to be honest. Some of those other people straight up were, I guarantee you, they were in On Her Majesty's Secret Service allergic to chicken. And now they're (laughs) eating chicken just because it's the thing they were allergic to. Yeah. Nobody there wasn't dorky. It's hypocrisy, I'll tell you. Anyhow. At this point, we get the scene that tells you why this movie came next instead of for your eyes only (laughs) and we just get space marines versus villains in space and they have all the lasers yeah this is straight up a response to star wars and it's not as good
1: no and they're just out there in space they're not attached to anything they're just
0: oh here's the fun part so in this movie if you're in space you move like you are traveling through molasses yeah even though no friction you're gonna move faster, <laughs> but at this point, uh, we get a big old fight. That if it looks familiar, it's because it is exactly what happened at the end of the Spy Who Loved Me, with the Marines versus the the bad guys inside the underwater sub. Except yeah. it's in space this time. Bond corners Drax. Drax. Putting himself into his good grace is just a little too, into my good grace is just a little too late with the line. I will have the pleasure of putting you out of my misery. And I'm like, you're okay, Drax. And then he's (laughs) uh, shot with a dart and Bond gives the retort. I guess you'll just have to take one giant step for mankind. (laughs) Sick burn, Bond. Sick burn. Uh, But at this point, uh, Bond and Goodhead jump into a shuttle to destroy the globes that were launched from the station. Uh, And we get a scene where they get to fly around shooting lasers at these globes because, again, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, At this point in the film, uh, Bond has saved the Earth uh, from certain destruction, and he is patched into the White House and Buckingham Palace. Uh, And they bring up video feed, and... uh, Bond is on top of Dr. Goodhead under Sheets in Space. Where they got the sheets that aren't space blankets, I don't know. <laughs> um, but everyone goes...
1: And is draped over them like... Uh,
0: yes, with gravity.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, by the way, forgot to mention it earlier. When they get into space and the big tank is still attached to the rocket, it drops like a rock when yeah. they disconnect it <laughs> in space.
1: Yeah, it didn't float gingerly away. It was just... Yes.
0: Bonk. Uh, so... At this point, uh, them being in obvious coital position, uh, one of the people in the background sets up the perfect punchline for the end of this film. What's he doing? And Q, not looking at the screen, but looking at his readout, says, he's attempting re-entry, sir. (laughs) The end. Double entendre received. Mission over. Bond saved the world. (laughs) The end. And this was just a bonkers movie. Yeah. I really hope that all the drugs they were on were really good. The movie was enjoyable, but made no sense. Nope. Oh, by the way, Joss lived. Uh, he and his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. They,
1: they didn't even two, get out on the spaceship. Two
0: lines of dialogue is, oh, they survived.
1: Yeah. They, were, they, they fell out in a piece of the... ...of the space station that got blown away.
0: The the one piece of the station that didn't explode.
1: Yeah, and it fell to Earth and they survived.
0: Which would make sense if Jaws appeared ever again, and this was the last time that Jaws was ever seen in a James Bond
1: film. (laughs) That's funny.
0: God bless Richard Kyle. It just turned from a really good villain into a Looney Tunes character, just overnight. Yeah. So, how did you feel about that one?
1: It was a fun watch. It was
0: a fun watch. It was it, a fun sa- Saturday afternoon watch.
1: It did. It did make me there at the end when I thought they were actually going to kill Jaws. I actually was feeling bad that they were going to kill him.
0: So, I've got to be honest. They totally should have, because in the previous movie, unsolicited, he killed no less than five people. Yeah. Murdered them. In the most horrific way possible. Biting through their carotid arteries. Yeah. Biting. And in this film... Well, he didn't kill anybody in this film. It's okay.
1: He saved James Bond.
0: And the world.
1: And the world.
0: But think about it. He dies saving his girlfriend, the world, and James Bond. Yeah. It's a heroic sacrifice that redeems him. And he's able to... No, he's just going to get a Happily Ever After ending with his supermodel girlfriend who's flawed because she wears glasses. What a nerd. Yeah. Stupid James Bond writers. Go back to your cocaine.
1: I thought it was... I didn't didn't think
0: it was fun. Oh, it was fun. It's just insulting to everyone. Yeah. Especially people who wear glasses. Hear that? Michael G. Wilson... I wear
2: glasses.
0: (laughs) Uh, He's probably lighting a cigar with a million dollars. Anyhow, (laughs) uh, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we're gonna be talking about the next James Bond film, which takes things in a decidedly different direction. Uh, For your eyes only, we will see you in just a moment. Just heard Sheena Easton's For Your Eyes Only, and hopefully, you didn't decide that uh, you or any loved ones need to ever listen to that song ever again. <laughs> um, it's one of the better ballad songs, uh, especially compared to Moonraker and next week's yeah. all time high. Yeah,
1: uh, that one's horrible.
0: <laughs> oh, we've got that to look forward to, though. Anyhow, we're gonna jump right into For Your Eyes Only, and immediately, right off the bat, uh, the music for this film uh, feels like it's right out of a Rocky movie, And there's a good reason for that. It's because Bill Conti of Rocky and Karate Kid fame does the music. And first things first, uh, Bond decides to visit uh, Teresa Bond's grave. That's right, we're visiting the former Mrs. Bond, uh, at her grave and this
1: is only the second time now that they've said anything second, about him being married
0: The second time that is correct uh at this point uh bond is called away a priest comes up and says that he's needed at work uh he gets in a universal exports chopper uh and as he does so the priest crosses himself uh and this is the point at which I'd go wait a minute and jump out of the chopper <laughs> um And at this point, uh, Blofeld is seen, but unnamed. Uh, We see the back of his head. And he takes over the helicopter, killing the pilot. Hmm. Um, Blofeld talks a bunch of trash to Bond through the speaker. Bond gets in the pilot seat, uh, rips out the controls uh, for the radio control, and uses the helicopter to grab Blofeld with the strut of the helicopter, and then dumps him down the silo. That's the end of the most infamous character in James Bond history. Now,
1: how many movies has it been since we've heard of Blowfilm?
0: Okay, so Diamonds Are Forever was the last one, and it was a bad one. Uh, Let's see here. So it has been... uh, Doing the math here. Uh, Live and Let Die, The Man with the Golden Gun, Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker. Uh, This will be the fifth film since... uh, Old Blofeld, not a word, about uh, him, out. and all of a sudden. So uh, you'll notice that he was not named. Yep. Uh, him
1: and his little white cat.
0: You did not see his face. So this was made, and kind of is a ballsy move by the producers. Uh, they have been sued by Kevin McClory, and he had won the lawsuit that he would be able to make his own James Bond film out of the characters that occurred in the uh, book that he wrote with Ian Fleming, Thunderball. And so as kind of an fu to the character and to McClory, they killed off the character in the most unceremonious way possible <laughs> in the opening five minutes of the film.
1: Which means that they can't use that character in the, uh, another movie.
0: Well, they can in the other movie, but uh, McClory's clan can, but, uh, the Eon Productions can't, but they had moved so far past that it was—it was one of those statements of basically saying James Bond is beyond this character now. We've moved on. Yeah. Uh, there's some in jokes in the dialogue uh, from Blofeld as he's uh, about to be dumped. Uh, it's little subtle in references to things that were stated during the lawsuit. It's all kind of dumb and petty, uh, but kind of funny in hindsight. Uh, at this point, uh, we zoom over to, uh, there's a fishing boat that's also basically the British submarine from, uh, the spy who loved me, uh, with a decoder on it, uh, an ATAC as they call it. Uh, and, uh, as this ship is sunk by a rather large, uh, mine, we go over to the Kremlin where, uh, General Gogol, uh is hanging out in his sparse uh, Kremlin office. And he says, contact our usual friend in Greece. Uh, We then zoom over to Greece and we're introduced to Melina Hablock and her family. Uh, And they come in and they're all really happy until they're gunned down uh, all of a minute and a half later. Uh, Fun fact, originally, as I've heard it, uh, this was to be the original cold open. The cold open was to be the sinking of the boat. Uh, The Havelock family on the boat and them getting gunned down. Uh, There is a shot as soon as the family is gunned down of Melina staring down the barrel of the camera right into it. And the camera cuts as it fades into her eyes. Originally, that was going to fade right into the credits for your eyes only.
1: But that happened earlier already.
0: Yes. Um, And uh, honestly, it would be a better cold open for the film. Yeah. Because the beginning of this film has no part in any right. of the rest of it. And kind of undercuts the rest of the movie. Honestly, yeah. the rest of the movie is fairly grounded. That is kind of slapstick and silly.
1: If you have people who are coming into it who have not seen the other James Bond movies, then they just want they're just... To- they're
0: trying to figure out why James Bond's hurting Dr. Evil.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's just all senses, and there's no context to it. There's no... It's not mentioned again in the movie. Uh-huh. It's just a random... Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, so, at this point... Uh, let's see here. Uh, we are told that M is away. Uh, Freddie Gray is the one handing out the mission briefing. Uh, the reason is... Uh, bernard lee had been sick for a while and uh actually passed away the year of this film's release um and that's very sad it's the only m we've known up to this point uh we'll get a new m in the next film in robert brown um but it's it's kind of sad to say goodbye to a character that you've known all these films
1: and how many years now into James so this is
0: 1981 it's been nearly 20 years Okay, so he's been in for a long time. Yes. Um, he has been through three Bonds uh, in his tenure.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so Bond is going to track down the guy who gunned down the Havelock family. We find out during this briefing that uh, Mr. Havelock, or Professor Havelock, was an archaeologist. And he had assisted the British government by helping track down the sunken ship. Uh, He was doing some underwater excavation nearby. That'll come back later. Uh, Vaughn sneaks past a distracted guard who's distracted by a prostitute, I'm guessing, who (laughs) just grabs him and he sets down his gun to make out with this prostitute. And uh, I'm like, man, it feels like a bad idea to send the prostitutes out to the guards who are still working. Yeah. Bond is caught keep- peeping on the party by the, the guard who was not sent a prostitute, apparently. Um, and uh, Gonzales is the gunman. Uh, tells his uh, his henchmen to take Bond away. Uh, a man in glasses that will be introduced to shortly uh, is there to pay Gonzales, but Gonzalez is shot in the back with an arrow. Uh, it's at this point that Bond makes his escape. And he does so with an umbrella, Mary Poppin style. Um, <laughs> as he approaches his car to get away, the Lotus Esprit from The Spy Who Loved Me, uh, they're trying to break into it and it explodes, which seems like maybe too effective as an anti theft measure.
1: Yeah, it has big stickers on it, says anti theft. Yes. And, yeah. So at
0: this point, Bond meets Melina. Uh, They escape in a Citroën, which is the James Bond vehicle that we saw the other day. Yeah. And at this point, we get a car chase down the Madrid roads. So a little note here. uh, The reason that the Lotus was blown up and they escape in a Citroën is because the... Writers and directors of this film, after kind of the bigger budget and gadget nature of the past few Bond movies, they wanted to bring this down home to more of a grounded story, uh, more of a straightforward spy action adventure. And and by and large, it works. But one of the things they wanted to do is they wanted to take away a lot of the gadgets that Bond might have at his disposal. And it makes him have to use his smarts. It makes him have to use his skills. It makes him think
1: fast. And
0: Yeah, it, it makes you have to understand why not just anybody with Q gadgets could do this. Yeah, it, it has to be bond. Um, so we get a really cool car chase down the Madrid roads through Olive Fields. Um, and let's see here. We find out that Bond's lead going forward from this, since Gonzalez is now dead because Molina did a really good job killing him, (laughs) uh, is the man who paid him, and he's a man in glasses. So Bond uh, goes to Q for help, and they use the world's biggest computer uh, and take forever to do a police sketch in a computer. But fortunately the police sketch that they put in there literally prints off the guy's picture.
1: Yeah. I mean, Hey, you can't get any better than that.
0: And it's using this program that we find out that the villain of this piece is a Mr. Emil Locke, uh, who strangled his psychiatrist to escape. And it's at this point, I'm like, psychiatrists out there. If there's anybody who looks like this dude, don't let him get close for a hug maybe say that's all the time we have for today. And when they move closer, it, ah, ah, the door's behind you. <laughs> Anyhow, Bond gets to his hotel room and gets a message in the mirror to meet a contact in the mountains. Uh, and it's at this point uh, through, uh, I'm forgetting his, his last name, but it's Luigi. Luigi is the contact who leads him to meet uh Christados. Uh, Christados is a Greek agent uh, who is there. He is helping his niece, Bibi train. Uh, and he tells us the audience and bond that, uh, Locke works for Columbo, a Greek gangster, uh, who smuggles everything from people to heroin. uh, I apparently blanked on this part of the movie. Uh, in hindsight, Bond saves Melina because uh, she was sent a telegram under false pretenses. Oh, I remember this. Uh, it's the scene where Bond goes into a flower shop and greets a random woman yeah. who gets a walk-on role in this movie because she won a sweepstakes. Fine. Um, but Bond uh, rescues Melina from a bunch of bikers. Uh, he then uh, is harassed by Bebe, uh back at his hotel room. Uh, she keeps trying to sleep with Bond and turns out even Bond has limits. And it's a good thing that this is Roger Moore Bond because Sean Connery would have been a creep.
1: Yeah, I'm, I guess teenager, you know, seriously. Yep.
0: He would have slapped her first. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> she has a crush on Eric, the uh, who is a Johnny Lawrence, uh, if Johnny was a uh, Nazi uh, from Karate Kid. Uh, Wannabe, Uh, he's a bad guy who turns out is hunting Bond as Bond goes on a ski chase because we love one thing more than car chases in Bond movies and that's ski chases because they go so much faster no they don't no they don't Uh, Bond escapes off, escapes off of a ski jump, which is really cool and humiliating to the bad guys. Because seriously, guys, you could have taken them down. At this point, we get a disco ski chase, uh, and it straight up sounds like the soundtrack for a Rocky
1: movie. Yeah.
0: Um, Bill Conti, everybody. Um, Bond stops off, meets Luigi, who's going to wait in the car while Bond visits BB to ask about Eric to get more information. Uh, after BB leaves uh, she's a figure skater y'all uh, if she didn't give it away by being completely <laughs> vapid um, an ice hockey team attack Bond and Bond gets the hat trick uh, when Bond comes out uh, he finds Luigi dead uh, and on his chest is the pin uh, that is supposed to be the symbol for Colombo's organization uh, at this point Bond and Melina uh pun completely intended, Bond over Corfu Tourism. And I go, man, I really want to go to Corfu.
1: Where's Corfu? Uh,
0: it's over towards Greece. Okay. Um, It's at this point that uh, Bond meets the Contessa at the uh, he meets the Contessa at the casino with Cristados.
1: It's a lot of C's. Intending
0: to meet Colombo.
1: <laughs> a lot of C's
0: yes uh so the contessa is um her name's ilsa in the film uh this lady was uh future james bond pierce brosnan's wife uh and during the making of this film the producers met pierce brosnan and actually thought hey we have a potential contender for the next person to take this role we'll have more about that later um But it didn't quite work out that way. And it probably worked out for the best that it didn't work out that way. Uh, And I will talk about that more later when we get to Pierce Brosnan, uh, but more specifically, Timothy Dalton. Again, more on that later. Uh, It's at this point uh, that Cristados feeds more info to Bond about Columbo. uh, And we're introduced to Columbo, uh, not... uh, peter falk uh not that colombo this is the Greek gangster <laughs> colombo uh played by Topol of uh fiddler on the roof fame uh at this point bond seduces the contessa Lizel, or does she seduce him i'm not sure uh but the next morning when they're out for their beach walk uh she is run over in a horrific scene uh by Locke. uh Colombo's men save Bond. Initially, I thought it was Melina because they get shot with a spear in the back, and that's totally Melina's move. Yeah. Um, but nope, it was Colombo's men. And uh, they take Bond to Colombo, who has been listening in on uh, recordings. Uh, Colombo has been listening to recordings of Bond, and uh, he wants to set the record straight. Uh, everything that Cristados has told Bond about Colombo is actually true about Cristados. He is the one smuggling people, heroin all the evil stuff. That's all Cristados, And Bond listens, uh, and he's not willing to fully trust this gangster, but he is willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for a mission. And when we get back, we will talk about that. And we're back. And uh, we join Columbo and Bond as they're infiltrating the shipyard of one of Cristados' warehouse. Uh, And we get a really cool action scene. It looks like something out of the Dirty Dozen or uh, pretty much any early 80s action film. Uh, Yeah, not a lot to say beyond that. (laughs) It's it's a really cool scene. Uh, It's a nice variation on in a lot of the previous films it's bond in some army versus all the bad guys army and this one they're more creative about how they do things they like uh they actually hide they use their wits it's not just uh shooty shooty bang bang uh it's uh like one of the things colombo does is he's always chewing pistachios and as they're in this warehouse to see when the bad guys are coming around the corner he throws some pistachio shells out on the floor so that he'll hear them coming when they're trying they to sneak up him on under them. their feet. And it's actually really neat.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, at the end of this, uh, Locke blows up the warehouse and is trying to get away. It's Bond versus Lo- Locke, and uh, Bond wins. Uh, Locke uh, is just precariously dangling on the edge of the cliff. Bond kicks it over the edge. Uh, there were two variations on that scene. One was just him throwing the pen in uh, from Luigi and that being enough to send it over the edge. Uh, but they settled on him kicking it off the edge in revenge for the Contessa being run yeah. over. Uh, and it's, it's visceral because you see a dummy come flying out of the car. Yeah. And then you see the dead body at the bottom of the cliff.
1: It was very brutal.
0: Oh, yeah. But he had it coming. <laughs> Uh, At this point, Bond visits Melina, um, and she's continuing her parents' work, uh, working on a ruin underwater, and I wonder if she discovered Atlantis. (laughs) Uh, They discovered the wreck of the ship with the ATAC. Uh, They actually detached the ATAC uh, device um, from the safeguard explosive that will blow it up. it? At the beginning of the movie, they attempted to activate it, but they drowned before they could push the button.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then they are attacked by the villain from interspace Space. If you haven't seen Inner Space, watch it. It's a weird movie. <laughs> um, and so, as, as they're escaping, they put an explosive on him. He blows up. They get in the sub, and they're attacked by another sub. And they trap him inside the ship, and they get away. And that guy's apparently still down there to this day. oh he's long dead his oxygen ran out I guarantee you Um, but as soon as they get up to the the surface they are detained by Cristados apparently all of Molina's men are dead Uh, they are tied to the back of Cristados' boat and they're going to be dragged behind across coral, rocks sharks Uh, they're able to uh, in the water free themselves and then wrap the rope around a rock uh, to break free, uh, they use com- the conveniently placed oxygen tank from earlier in the movie to evade capture. As we were watching the movie, Betsy's like, Why did you just set down her oxygen tank? I was yeah, like, Yeah,
1: it made no sense.
0: Plot reasons <laughs> came in handy. That's why. Yeah. Uh, but uh, before they are uh, dragged behind the boat, uh, Eric and one of Christotis' chief lieutenants argue over the uh, what's going to happen with the ATAC, and they do it in front of a Macau. Uh, On board the boat, the Macau recounts enough uh, to Bond and Melina uh, for them to discover the basic idea of where Cristados is going to be meeting with the KGB. Uh, we then go to the Mountain Monastery, where uh, Cristados is going to be meeting the KGB, and he has decided to bring along B.B. and her coach because he is a creeper. And he has apparently been creeping on B.B. and she calls him out for it. And uh, Bond and Colombo and company uh, decide to climb this giant mountain. And we get a really tense climb and face off against a guard. Uh, and it worked really well for me. I really like that scene.
1: Yeah, it was very... It was definitely intense, and you know how I am with the things on the cliffs and stuff.
0: Yeah, you, yeah. Won't, you won't even go on the, the Greenway uh, portions of uh, Murfreesboro, where it's got a slight incline. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, Bond gets up to the top. He lets everyone up in a basket lift that apparently can lift easily, like, four or 500 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the BB, uh, BB, the BB, uh, BB, and her coach are planning to dump Christados and leave. Uh, coach uh, leads a group back to the barracks, uh, capturing most of the guards. And I'm really impressed by this part of the movie because uh, it's one of the few times that a military force actually uses some intelligence and not just sheer gun power to to stop somebody. They actually like capture most of Cristados' men. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Um, Bond fights Eric, uh, throwing him off the mountain, um, and uh, it's it's really neat. Uh, Eric just seems to be just a total steroid nut, <laughs> just an absolute just henchman of henchmen. Uh, Colombo fights Cristados, uh, and Bond gets the attack. Uh, Molina is about to kill Cristados in revenge for the death of her family, but Colombo kills him first. Uh and this is an important move because uh we're told that this this keeps Molina pure from going down this path of revenge, even though she's killed a bunch of people already and it's too late.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> she she murdered a man in cold blood at his swimming pool at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Yeah, it's too late, Bond. I don't know what you're talking (laughs) about. Anyhow, uh, General Gogol is getting off the chopper. His assistant has a gun trained on Bond. Bond throws the ATAC off the mountain before Gogol can take it, and he calls it detente. You don't have it. I don't have it. Gogol thinks that's really funny because he laughs at Bond and gets back on his chopper. At this point, uh, Bond and Melina go skinny dipping, uh, while old Maggie Thatcher, uh, calls to (laughs) Margaret Thatcher the former Prime Minister of Britain
1: uh,
0: and her obviously idiot husband as portrayed in the film Dennis uh, decide to (laughs) uh, I'm talking about the portrayal in the film they make the man look like Chris Parnell in any SNL sketch I I don't know much about Margaret Thatcher or her husband I'm going by the portrayal in this film (laughs) anyhow she calls Bond to give, give her appreciation from Britain. And she's talking to the Macau, and the Macau keeps saying, Give us a kiss, give us a kiss. <laughs> and she is just a total dumb dumb. Oh, Mr. Bond. Ooh. <laughs> and we see the nude legs of Bond and Melina uh, just swishing through the water as we go to credits with the title song, For Your Eyes Only so I gotta be honest I think this is one of my favorite grounded Bond movies just because it still manages to be fun on top of the the grounded stuff yeah I feel like some of the more grounded ones get a little self-serious and just up their own butts and I I like a movie that has fun and I enjoy yeah. this one
1: I will say BB got on my nerves
0: I think that was the point
1: yeah she did. I don't know. The way it's, it was the way she talked and everything. It, it got on my nerves, but you know.
0: James! James! Well, what's different about her and the Bond girls that he actually sleeps with that are that vapid?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's like she, her voice, she's very whiny, like when she would talk.
0: Oh, you mean like Brit Uckland and uh, the man with the golden gun?
1: Which one was that?
0: That was the blonde one in the bikini who. Uh, was a total dum dum and took her <laughs> thirty minutes to put a tracking device on Scaramanga's car.
1: Yeah.
0: I liked I like BB more because Bond said no.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he definitely he drew that line and was like, all right, respect.
0: I have a sex addiction, and even I think this is messed up.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, what, 60?
0: Okay, so at this point, She's- it is 1981. Roger Moore is, in four years old. he is 53. He 53. is 53 in this film. Uh, the actress playing Melina is 23. The actress playing BB is 22. Her character is 17. Yeah. So, if Bond is within five years still of this character... That still puts him in his forties. Yeah. To this seventeen-year-old girl, and still not okay.
1: Yeah. No, it's 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 like. Ugh.
0: Which is why he says, um, "No."
1: She definitely had a, a, what, a, a daddy complex.
0: I don't know. Is that the right word? I don't know. <laughs> All I know is it. It was. It was one of those things where. I feel like the bar has been set so low for James to succeed on not being a sexist (laughs) that for him to succeed at this feels like a win, but it kind of feels like when the Harlem Globetrotters win. You expect it. (laughs) If the Harlem Globetrotters didn't win, it would just be sad. (laughs) That's what this felt like. But overall, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, it is a fun one. I I felt like it had had a little bit of everything. It was a lot of fun. Um, And this, I feel like, would have been a fantastic swan song for Roger Moore's Bond. To the point where next week and the week after... They're not bad movies. I would argue that next week and the week after are, are kind of... We're, we're going to be in cheesy Bond territory, and it, it's going to be fun because it's that. Yeah. This one felt like a genuinely good movie. The next two weeks, I'm going to go out on a limb and say aren't. <laughs> uh, and, and especially when we get to uh, A View to a Kill... Um, which is one of the most awkwardly titled Bond films ever. Uh, it's a, it's almost a self-parody. It is almost a comedy. And this really would have been a great time for for Roger Moore to ride off into the sunset. And what, it would have worked really well, is it? Yeah. By the time we get to A View to a Kill, he is 57 years old and looks older somehow (laughs) whereas in this film if you told me that roger moore was younger than his age i'd be like oh sure i believe it but after this point he ages incredibly and the difference between 53 and 55 and 57 are huge and that i in my mind in my heart roger moore will always be the roger moore from for your eyes only God rest his soul. But in in the next couple movies, it's it's a sign that you should quit and you should stop and you have a problem.
1: <laughs>
0: but he doesn't. Yeah. So was well, it
1: because they they talked him into continuing? He didn't. He want to quit.
0: So at one point he was going to quit uh, after Moonraker. Then he was going to quit after this film. Uh, You can actually watch footage around the time of this film uh, for uh, both James Brolin and Sam Neill screen tested uh, to play James Bond. Around this time to take over, they weren't sure if Bond was going to be back or not as Roger Moore. And one American, James Brolin, and one British man, uh, or I guess he's New Zealander, uh, Sam Neill, uh, screen tested. Neither one of them ever play Bond, but it's an interesting piece of history to look back on. Yeah. But, guys, we're going to have so much fun in the oncoming weeks. The next two weeks are going to be ridiculous. So I, I want you to go ahead and plan on it. I want you to buy a six-pack of your favorite drink. I don't care what it is as long as you're allowed legally to drink it. <laughs> I want you to get some popcorn and a bearskin rug and a beret. A beret. I don't know why you've got the beret uh, just for fun. A cowboy hat, maybe just wear a hat. You need to wear a hat while watching <laughs> these movies so you can hold on to it because guys, I'm going to get the explicit tag just for saying the name of next week's movie. Next week, we're talking about Octopussy and guys, <laughs> it's as ridiculous as the title. The title song is awful. And It is going to be a great time. I cannot wait. Thank you for sticking with us through two movies.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, It may be a week. It may be two weeks. But when we come back, we're talking Octopussy and just the number of lines on Roger Moore's face. I hope you'll come (laughs) back and join us.
1: Bye.